I'm Sora. Donald. Goofy. I am self-winding, sir. I am not goofy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kingdom Hearts by Hearts. We are on Disney Street, baby, and it's going to be a long and wild ride. Oh, we're going to be here for a while. Yeah, because we're going to get to the end, and then we're going to double back, like, oh no, <laughs> we forgot our passport, and then we're going to drive all the way back. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I remember this place. Uh, yeah, yeah. But today we have a quite a beautiful beast of an episode. <laughs> it's because we're gonna go to Beast's Castle, and I'm pretty sure the movie that it's based on is Beauty and the Beast from 1991. But I could also be incredibly incorrect. But you know what? I feel like I'm on the right track at least. Oh no, we're 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 going to Olympus Coliseum. Oh didn't shit! You, oh, okay. Did you see the notes? Ah, oh, well. <laughs> I'm underdressed then. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just Josh and yeah, yeah, we're gonna do Beast Castle. And we're also going to talk about said a beauty and the beast. So yeah, if you wanna just jump straight to the game portion, feel free to reference the handy dandy timestamps in as the episode description and you can jump right to it. But as we said last week, the the Disney Corner discussions I feel like definitely inform the the game discussion, so I recommend sticking around and hearing us chat about it, because I think we both just finished watching it, so it's very much fresh in our minds. Exactly, So, yeah. hot off the press is... <laughs> Coming right to ya. But, yeah, I feel like it's gonna be... It's much more pivotal in... I'm trying to think of the titles, but definitely starting now, when we're rehashing movie plots, so I think it's, uh... Yeah. More, it's... I feel like the in our in our first tour in KH one it was just like how did the movie inform the plot like where in the in the where where in the sacred timeline does this world take place? Uh, but for two, mm -hmm. it's very because we're gonna continue the the trend that Cage has done of like, hey, what if Sora and Gang was in movie? So I yeah. feel like it's a much it's 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 more directed. A long way of saying it's more direct to direct comparison as opposed to up to interpretation. Exactly. Cool, cool. So yeah, I'll just give my quick thoughts right off the bat. Get us started. So Beauty and the Beast, as you said, nineteen ninety one. So this will be this is the thirtieth anniversary this year. I, I just checked. It came out in November. So oh. that's exciting. And yeah, it's. Is probably my favorite of all the movies we've watched so far. It is quite good, and I've alluded before that Belle is the best princess, so that definitely plays a part of it. Mm. But, um, yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, songs are really good, animation's really good, characters are really good. But also, this time, this viewing, it, it hit extra hard because as I... I suggested this way earlier in the podcast, but there's a documentary on Disney Plus called Howard, which is about the songwriter behind uh, for Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid, mm -hmm. and maybe a third movie. I don't, I don't remember, but um, 
yeah, he died, like, very, very young, and he died in March of 1991, and Beauty and the Beast came out in November that year, and in the documentary it shows him, like, you know, during his, his last days, and, like, basically up until the end, he, like, believed in this movie, and he, like, knew it was going to be great, and then it went on to, like, you know, win the best picture that year, and it's, like, getting me a little choked up right now just talking about it, so, <laughs> yeah. one, watch Beauty and the Beast, two, watch that documentary, again, it's called Howard, because it's really good, and it just says a lot about, I mean, he basically kick-started the Disney renaissance, like, not to say it was all in him, because obviously these movies have a ton of talent behind them, but, like, you know, he was behind the music, which is so much of why people love these movies, so definitely check that out, and then, yeah, if you watch all the way to the credits, they have, like, a little, you know, dedication to him, so it was, it was an emotional ride, for sure, yeah. um, but yeah, no, I, I really, I really, uh, love this movie, so, mm. yeah, 10 out of 10. Well, that's, uh, this is some high stakes now, uh, I definitely yeah. enjoyed it. I don't know if I can per perfectly encapsulate what we do when we rewatch these movies, but I kind of just tried to stare at everything at the same time. So I definitely felt like my attention was drawn in a few different directions, especially having played... I feel like most of the time I end up playing the world and then watching the movie kind of closer to when we actually record the episode. Mm -hmm. So, for, I think for reference, I finished Beast's Castle about a week, about a week ago, dun dun, and then I watched literally this morning, before we recorded, I watched Beauty and the Beast. So, yep. I, I, I still enjoyed it. I think it's a good se seven or eight. Mm. I think there are, I think there's some parts, I mean, ugh, I'm literally 100% contradicting myself from, I mean, from forever, but I feel like there's a few little gappies, but other than that, but there, that's, this is me being also pretty nitpicky, to be honest, but I still feel like it's a, it's an enjoyable watch altogether, I think is the thing. Yeah. Uh, quick correction. Uh, it did not win Best Picture. It was nominated, <gasps> but it was beat out by Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what, what a movie yeah. would let every kid in 1991 is like... The, the Beauty and the Beast is going to win Best Picture, guys! I know it! And then Hannibal Lecter <laughs> comes on screen, and they'll, <laughs> all the children scream and have nightmares that night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it does hold the distinction of being the first animated movie nominated. Gotcha. Unless I'm wrong about that as well, which is possible. <laughs> so I think, consistently, Beauty and the Beast is, is great in pretty much every area. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, something like Mulan that's easier to compare to. I feel like it has higher highs in certain categories, but much lower lows in others. Mm -hmm. So, like, just in terms of consistent quality, I think Beauty and the Beast is the best of the bunch. Um, but, like, if you like certain things more than others, then, yeah, I get why, you know, maybe this isn't your fave, because I guess it's not, like, particularly great in any specific area, but, like, they all just... Well, no, that's not true, because all the songs are great, and the animation's mm. really great in certain parts. But, like, I, I'm just looking at it more as, like, the total package huh, of how everything came together. Yeah. Which is really impressive. Particularly the writing really stood out to me with, like, all, like, the story progression and the character motivations. They all progressed very naturally. Because, mm. um, 
you know, the whole thing with Beauty and Beast is like, oh, it's Stockholm Syndrome. It's that's so what I was, like, no, yeah, that's what I was kind of it's not. looking at. To be like, how Stockholm Syndrome-y is it by the time we get to the end? Yeah. The answer is not that much. There's... Lindsay Ellis has a really great video on this, so check it out, where she basically explains, like, why it isn't. Um, but, yeah, you see how their relationship progresses naturally, and obviously it's condensed, because it's, you know a 90 minute movie and they don't even really meet until like 30 minutes in. So you do have to kind of make some assumptions, but yeah, you can see how they kind of warm up to each other and then they start doing things for each other and their little affection grows. And I was going to start singing the song, but I'm bad at <laughs> lyrics, but you know, started as friends and then something more happened. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. <laughs> well, uh, actually speaking of songs, this, this movie is not as musical as I thought it would be. Let's see, it's got, like, the opening number, and there's, like, kind of a little reprise to that. Mm -hmm. Then there's Be Our Guest. Then there's, there's Gaston. Um, Beauty and the Beast. I couldn't even tell you the Obviously, name the there's Gaston. Uh, and then there's, like, the, the last one, which is oh. kind of another villain song, like, Go Get the Beast or Kill the Beast. Yeah, yeah, it's the, the rallying cry of the village to, yeah. go, to go so hunt the beast. It's five by my count. And it's, um... It's a little jarring because Beauty and the Beast comes pretty much right after Be Our Guest. It's like two minutes of breathing time between them. I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. Guess it's time for another musical number. It's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> there's their montage. I guess their montage is... Hmm. Oh, yes. They have yes, their yes, montage the song. Sorry. They have their montage right song. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So they have so, six more than we thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I, I will say they do... Most of them sound pretty samey. And then the last one, the like... Angry Mob song, like, is kind of forgettable to me. Um, so I do hear you there. But Be Our Guest and then um, Beauty and the Beast, obviously, really great. So those two definitely stand mm. out. They're two big standout hits, 100%. I also forgot yeah. that Miss Potts sings Beauty and the Beast. And she's just, like, in the background the entire time. And I was like, aw. She does. I feel like I've seen, like, a behind-the-scenes thing where it's just her voice actor... Actually, you know what it is? I'm thinking of the the documentary, Howard. They, like, show them, mm -hmm. like, in the recording booth with the orchestra and everything, like, doing that song. And, yeah, it's really great. Okay. So, one little complaint. I guess it's actually not little. It was kind of distracting, is the animation was kind of, or specifically the character animation was just kind of weird to me. Like, there was something off about it where, like, I don't want to say it looked, like, low budget mm -hmm. but like some characters kind of look like straight to dvd disney <laughs> <laughs> particularly bell which is weird because she's the main character so you'd think they would put all their bells and whistles into her but yeah. i don't know just like the way her face was animated sometimes was just kind of weird like she kind of had like dead eyes and like there's just something about her eyes that was off to me i was about to say is bell the least expressive person in this movie and i think in terms well, I think she's yeah. also well. Welcome to welcome to welcome to every Disney movie where the the Disney princess is the standout character. And to be fair, look at the Disney Renaissance era, and they look besides Mulan, I would say they look a pretty. I shouldn't say they all look pretty similar, but there are a lot of similar features. Like I think of, I'm literally picturing in my mind Ariel and Belle next to each other, and mind you, they're yep. completely different characters. I mean, mind you, they're both very quirky individuals at the end of the day. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, like, in in a world, in a movie where everyone else probably has more 
expression and like squash and stretch whereas the disney princess face is kind of probably just always present like i compare i really i my so my eyes were on the beast the entire time which is why i when you oh, when you sure. pointed out bell i realized what you're exactly what you're talking about i think uh and i think in comparison to the beast who changed uh, i not with the times that's incorrect but just throughout the movie changes a little bit like sometimes he's i mean especially the first probably two instances of like confronting maurice Mm -hmm. and then confronting bell for the first time he looks incredibly feral and then the first time bell's like step into the light he looks almost Mm -hmm. uh beautiful and then it goes kind of goes back to being a combination of the two but when they need him to be pretty he looks pretty so Mm. yeah yeah, I think it's just, like, in particular shots. So, like, when it's, like, a close-up on her, she looks pretty good. But then when it's just, like, you know, a wide shot with her and other characters, she just looks a little off. And I think it's, like, her eyes particularly, they're, like, almost too detailed or just, like, the ratio of, like, iris to people <laughs> to whatever the little white dot is. Yeah. Just something's off there where, like, I was, I was specifically comparing it to how she looks in the game when she has, like, the detailed face. And she looks so much better there. Which is strange, because she's in a 3D model there, so you'd think that would look a little off compared to her 2D, like her original version. Yeah. But yeah, it was just like, something wasn't sitting right with me. But, that's that's my only real complaint. Other than that, the animation, like the backgrounds, like particularly like the opening shot, are all like really amazing. And Beast Castle is super cool. Yeah. Very, very spooky and gothic and scary, <laughs> so obviously checking all the right boxes for me and yeah also the one of the things that really stuck out to me uh comparing it to mulan is i feel like all the side characters were all really fleshed out and they did a great job of like sharing screen time with each other because they all felt like hmm. like their personalities were all established and they all had like an established relationship with bell and the beast and there's like well let's see lumiere lumiere hmm. uh Cogsworth, Mrs. Potts, Chip, and then, you know, like, the wardrobe, and then there's just a lot of them, so I was just impressed by how they, like, managed to give all the characters their fair dues, so. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed myself. I'm trying to think of anything other, any other weird little tidbitties that I may have had, but I think the Beast was the main thing I was just, like, focusing on the entire time to kind of prepare. Because, I mean, out of... Out of all the things in the movie, he standouts the most. Is it because he's an eight-foot-tall goat bear man? You tell me. Yeah, no, like, just him as, like, an animation feat is just, like, amazing. Because, yes. yeah, like you just said, like, he's this really cool design where, yeah, he's just all these other animals. So, like, water buffalo slash bison, yes. goat, mm-hmm. bear, lion, like, just... Straight up homunculus. I was about to say, a true chimera of a man right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I got very confused at first in the movie. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, to be honest, my... And I mean, this is really the evolution of the character throughout the movie. The Beast is just a man-child. And I remember yep. the beginning, the Enchantress puts a spell on him, yada, yada, yada. And uh, when one thing, I guess it's different from or they don't really talk about in the game is that the enchantress the enchanted rose was like that please mm-hmm. sir will you let me in they're just like ah you're cursed and have a flower because i said so 
But it says the flower blooms on his 21st birthday. And, well, it'll bloom until his 21st birthday. And then it starts to wilt. But in my mind, I was like, okay, this it's going to die when he's 21. Okay, when I'm, <laughs> when he's barely a, barely a legal adult. Perfect. This makes absolute perfect sense. But then Lumiere... Uh, what song is it? It might be Be Our Guest. There is a point where they get, they reflect on how long they've been cursed, basically. It's like, it's been 10 years and we've been rusting. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this man was not cursed when he's 11. So I had to rectify myself. But yeah, for a while I was like, this. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I was confused about that. So yeah, the, the flower blooms until he's 21 and then. After that, it's, that's when we see it in, like, its current state, where it's been wilting over time. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense, because they, they have the picture of him as, like, a man. Exactly. Um, so I was like, wh- where did that come from? Mm-hmm. But still, the timeline's weird, because, specifically, <laughs> it's been, they've been furniture for ten years, so what's the deal with Chip? <laughs> <laughs> Were like all their ages frozen? I think so. I imagine. I... Or was he produced as <laughs> a teacup? He was born as a cup. He'll die. Yeah, as was a he cup. conceived. No. <laughs> so in I think it might be the Cage Two journal entry. It it's uh, I mean there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, I shouldn't say I shouldn't say I mean technically there's adult humor humor of Chip has brain damage because he has a chip. No. I think the journal makes note of he has has a missing tooth when he's transformed, so he has a little chip Mm -hmm. in his cup. But in the move in the in the movie in the source material, basically, he just has like a like a gap between the front two teeth, a very minor gap. So, one other thing that it's not like a problem, but it's just one of those things that you're like, how does this work? It's just yeah, the spell with all the servants and furniture, so. For Chip specifically, it's really weird to me how he has like dozens of siblings who are all identical. Correct. It's like, wait, are these are these all Mrs. Potts' children, or like why why are all these kids in the castle? So when he <laughs> when she puts them in the cupboard, they're all. I think they do have eyes, but they're all drawn sleeping. But we don't mm-hmm. see another teapot or a teacup because he's a teapot. No, he's a teacup. <laughs> the other way around mm-hmm. um we don't i think throughout the film we don't see another teacup who is animated with facial features yeah. so i'm not sure if that's a uh just a miss potts joke of like ah getting there with the rest of the teacups but i, I want to think so <laughs> yeah but they definitely had faces like they just all look like him but sleeping exactly so like, yeah what? but then throughout the movie they don't have other facial features and we can assume, yeah, we can, so there's like... Mm, it's a weird gray area, 100%. And we don't, like, see... Mind, we see them all in human form for, like, maybe three minutes at the end of the movie. But at, yeah. at the very end, there's a bunch of them gathered as Beauty and Beast... Uh, Beauty and Belle and the Beast dance, or Adam at that point, if you want to call him that. Mm-hmm. And I imagine, like, Mrs. Potts... <laughs> if you wanted to emphasize Mrs. Potts' kids, you would have her surrounded by, like, her, like, 10-plus yeah. kids, but, like, point out Chip or have her, like holding on to Chip, because he's probably the youngest, or something like that. But, nope, we just mm-hmm. see, like, the you know, the main Transformed side characters. Also, I, I realized in the stained glass painting at the end, which I will say, I do like the stained glass portraits at the start and then the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, the feather duster gets screen time in the stained glass, and I wow. was like, you've been here for, like, <laughs> five total minutes of screen time, lady. Do you, 
Do you really require that, yeah. uh, a whole thing? Like, how, like I feel like the wardrobe that one. deserves that spot, not you. Oh, oh. totally, yeah. Oh. Yeah, and then there's like this whole subclass of faceless furniture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, are these just like enchanted as in they were already here? Like, this is just normal, mm. you know, dishware and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> but they are just, they just move? Or are these people as well and if that's the case how many servants do you need beast what, damn what are the implications i we have to assume that all the faceless pieces of furniture and cutlery and flatware are just hey i've crushed your castle okay. i mean we see at the end of the movie like the entire castle is cursed it wasn't like i'm gonna purse gonna yeah, yeah, curse yeah. on all the people and even bill says like this is an enchanted castle Cogsworth's like how the fuck did you find that out how did you know but she's like oh, i figure it's pretty obvious there's <laughs> As obvious as the minute hand on your face, you idiot. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Good time. Good movie. So now, let's slide on in to the Kingdom Hearts corner and talk about how it makes the shift to the PlayStation 2. So, Alrighty. As you know, we have a quick gummy route, which, I, I don't know, did you have any specific thoughts on this one? No, not really. We'll it's pretty. It's pretty similar to uh, the last one. Yeah. I know the one coming up for Olympus Coliseum's pretty different, so we can talk about that one. But yeah, this hey, one. Oh like, yeah, eh. definitely. They're, they're all in pairs, uh, except maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that goes to Disney Castle. They tend to so Disney like, Castle doesn't have one. Okay, it doesn't have one. There we go. But so it breaks the cycle. Yes. Well, um, so the end of. The gummy route to Olympus Coliseum will actually mirror the second-to-last gummy route that we get used to get to the Pride Lands. Spoiler alert. They both have that. Mm. We'll, t- we'll talk about it mm-hmm. next week. But that's the pair right there because yeah. they both have a certain feature. But yeah. Yeah. So the only thing that stood out to me is I uh, got to level 30. Hey. But um, mm. then you like enter this like overdrive mode or something where I guess <laughs> you're like really powerful and there's like sparks flying out of the ship and like... That doesn't happen to me very often, so I don't really know what the deal is with that. I was just like, I don't know what's happening. Me neither. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's just something that happens when you reach uh, a 30 metal level. I am a god now. This is cool. Yeah. (laughs) Cool, cool. All right. So, Beast at Castle. So, the gang just wanders in willy-nilly, like, hmm, spooky castle, seems like the perfect spot for some shenanigans, mm-hmm. and they just let themselves in. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, what is this place? What are we doing here again? A <laughs> hook? Uh, and then they hear a beastly roar in the background, they're like, wait a minute, that sounds like the beast. Are you sure? And then he, like, comically yells again yep <laughs> like oh yep that's him <laughs> it's like really like you heard you talking <laughs> you're to just shit. Him, this must be the beast <laughs> no it's, that's definitely him <laughs> aye, aye. and then they they see some little shadow shadowies scurry on into the um the whatever room the parlor uh, and then they're like Yes, that's the one. And they're like, ah, let's go save the day. And then they rush off, and then we get a title card. Mm-hmm. Beast's Castle. Woohoo! I guess to be fair, uh, well, Mulan was Land of Dragons, but then the Emperor does make a 
Fa Wulan, bravest woman in all of China. We know that Beauty and the Beast yeah. takes place in like the French countryside. Sorry, a mm -hmm. provincial town, as Belle said multiple, multiple times. Um, yeah. So we're somewhere in France, but eh, very on cue of like, uh, we need a real name for this place, guys. Uh, what can you come up with? Uh, Beast Castle. Yeah, I was just thinking like, Enchanted, Enchanted Castle may have been more appropriate, mm -hmm. but I guess that's not as immediately like, oh yeah, Beauty and the Beast, but I mean, most of the Disney worlds aren't super obvious, so eh, whatever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they get in, mess up some Heartless, uh, save the day, and then Beast shows up and he's like, what are you doing here? Actually, no, he doesn't, he, he doesn't, doesn't say anything. Say anything. He just, it's a, it's yeah. a, it is an endless shadow fight until a certain degree, and then you guys are like, come yep. on! Sounds like, somebody help us! And the yep. beast just, like, comes <laughs> in and wrecks everybody. Yep, and then Sora's like, yeet, oh, get out of my way. high five! <laughs> yeah, no, he has a very distinct, like, sup, bro! <laughs> and the beast just drop kicks everybody out of the way, because guess what? There's a rose in the room, and the rose is more important than any human life. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very much reminiscent of the scene in the movie where Belle finds the rose and he just kind of hones in on that in particular. Um, yeah, one thing I love about the cutscenes in this world is just all of Donald's uh, reactions to Beast. <laughs> where he's just like, Brah! <laughs> It's good stuff. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they suspect something fishy is up. And so they continue to explore. So, yeah, I guess let's take a break here. And one, um, actually, another thing about it, two sort of corrections or, I guess, uh, amends I have to make from last week is one, oh, go ahead. going back to Disney Corner, I guess, uh, I threw some shade at Philippe, the horse in Beauty and the Beast, and said he was kind of nothing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, I have to give him credit. He actually does a lot more than I thought he did. He, like, kind of kicks off the plot because he's the one who comes back to um, basically tell Belle, hey, your dad's been kidnapped and he yes. takes you to the castle. I, I did, <laughs> when I saw the horse, and he got named very early on. I'm like, okay, how much of a, yeah. con, how much of a con is it going to be? But I would say, I mean, Philippe is, I, would, I think he would actually classify as a side character where I feel like con is... A minor character yeah. slash mode of transportation, like <laughs> yeah, definitely above Khan for sure. Yeah, they do have uh, dumb horse feats yet again. Like we lift Khan and Mulan and Chang off the cliff. Uh, somehow this giant Clydesdale is able. I mean, mind you, horses can swim. We just rarely see it. So when they fall through the ice, he's totally viable in swimming. But then he hoists himself on land, like absolutely nothing happened. And I'm like. Ah! sure about mm -hmm. that but go along kid yeah and then the other apology i have to make is to good old hidden dragon keyblade so i use that throughout this world sam and we we both called out how it's annoying how the dragon's always upside down but actually i was surprised how in most cutscenes it was right side up um so yeah when you're just on the menu and it displays the image they have it upside down for whatever reason. Because I looked, and Star Seeker is the other way, so it's not like they're like locked in, like, oh, we have to have the teeth facing this particular direction. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a bad look. Um, but 
what is annoying is the keyhole animation. I was about to it's, reference that. Yep. The teeth have to be down. Yeah, and it's like this looks so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I I definitely warmed up to it. Um, probably gonna swap it out next roll. But I was like, yeah, no, I like this. It's yeah, a yeah, it's. it's uh, I feel like yeah, that's what I also do as well. Is get hidden dragon, yeah. use it for a world, and then for also there's an aesthetic in Olympus Coliseum with Star Seeker. And then the doll and a goofy weapons you can mm. purchase there, so that's just oh, that's a, sure. it's it's a vibe. So yeah, I I do the exact yeah. same thing. Don't worry. Nice. So yeah, we make our way through the castle, and we end up finding Bell. Mm-hmm. Oh hey, Tuts, how's it going? <laughs> and uh, I always remember this cutscene. It was from one of the earlier trailers for sure. Yep. Of uh, Bell hugging Donald, <laughs> very cute, strangling his duck. <laughs> Yeah. Put me down, put me down. Then Donald or Sora and Goofy are just like, "Sup." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cute. Um, and then, yeah, she basically just says, "Some weird things are happening. The beast is not acting like himself." And then, is it her or the wardrobe who instructs them to go find the servants? In the dungeon, anyway. She, yeah, no. Or no, 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 it would be Belle, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't find the wardrobe until yeah, yeah, she's the, the wardrobe is blocking the dungeon, correct? Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. So, so Belle tells you, go find him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're like, uh, okay. Um, anything else notable happen in this scene? I don't think so. The only point I have to make is you can go out to the courtyard outside the parlor so i i recommend yeah, yeah. a trip there <laughs> so i've so flashback to our childhood uh you the story doesn't push you there until our second visit so i remember mm-hmm. doing the second visit and i think even that you may i think you just run or even there's like a cutscene that skips you through that area but there's a bunch of treasure chests outside so i was like oh boy yeah like, i'm exactly. I'm all powerful sora and i'm like oh a potion oh like a a shard like synthesis item what the hell is this doing here and then i realized you could just come out here on your first visit the story just again doesn't push us in this direction so we have no we literally had no use to come out here until now yeah no i did the same thing where i made a punk so i was like i know like you don't come to this area and then yeah in the second visit you kind of just skip it so i'm just gonna go and get the chest now mm-hmm. um yeah it's weird how it's just there just hanging out <laughs> Um, but yeah, we make our way to the West Hall, and I guess we can take a break here and talk about some of the new baddies we're fighting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we've got some hooky bats. Uh, they're bats with hooks. <laughs> That's it! They're pretty, That's the tweet! <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. Exactly, yeah. yeah. They're... I'm trying to think. They, um... Trying to think of, I mean, I guess ra- they're akin to rapid thrusters. I'm trying to think if there's like a cage one comparison. Yeah, like, was for there sure. a tr- like? I wouldn't even say an oh. evolution. Evolution would insinuate there's something bef- something like reminiscent before, and then something similar afterwards. But like, yeah, no, what not did really. this replace essentially? The only thing that comes to mind for me would be like the mages, even though we had Same. those in case you, but like mm-hmm. a flying swarm enemy. But like, even that's not quite one to one. Yeah. So yeah, they're a little bit but, thicker um, than a rapid thruster, but not too thick. Like, yeah, maybe exactly. Two combos. Yeah. Luckily, I do love their uh, 
reaction command because it just lets you grab a hook bad. Yeah, it's pretty swing fun. Swing around yeah. like uh, no one's looking. <laughs> yes, but if you're tied up with another hook bat um, and you can't get the reaction command because you have to be on the ground to use it, uh, you like run out of time and then it does its actual attack and then if you get caught in that, it can can mess you up so <laughs> yeah if they're if they have like a decent you know if there's like a crowd of them they can definitely be dangerous if you're not careful oh uh-huh, yeah um, but yeah when you use the command it's it's great because it hits everything around it and super sage i'm gonna hit a motherfucker with another motherfucker yeah no they good <laughs> and then we also have i i don't remember if they come out at this point exactly i'm pretty sure they do but we have our gargoyles yes they'll come out Leading up to, eh, we'll see them very shortly, so I think it's fine to talk about them. Yeah. They're also, they are kind of few and far between. I was like, I expected them to be like around every corner. They're kind of just in the west wing of the the castle. There are other places, but they're most prominent here. And I feel like for for Mm -hmm. the movie, like if we're going for our uh, comparisons, that's that's pretty similar. Like when, as soon as Belle tricks Lumiere and Cogsworth and gets into the west wing of the mansion whatsoever mansion castle whatsoever everything turns even more eerie mm-hmm. and more gothic so i feel like it's on point that the gargoyle not start to spawn around this point but yeah there yeah. there's so there's two there's a knight and a warrior so one is a sword one is an axe so one's more finesse the other is more crazy um and they are immune to magic fun fact yep so I started, like, whenever they would appear, I would just immediately swap out Donald, because I'm like, you're just wasting your magic, bro. Sure. Once once we had Beast, anyway. Um, yeah, they're immune to magic, and, yeah, they have some pretty big hits, so either block or dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say block, because, yeah, if you block slash parry them, they just get stunned, and then you get access to the release reaction command, which instantly finishes them off, because you dispel the evil spirits taking hold of the statue. You can and release them from their earthly tethers. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that doesn't happen to me very often. I usually just finish them off normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the 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 knight has the sword, the warrior has the axe. The knight you have to block. The warrior, I know the journal specifically states, and this is what I do, so actually I haven't parried it, but when he does, he, when he does his big Beyblade attack, just don't get hit by... If he doesn't hit Sora, he'll you'll get the release command at the end, but I haven't tried blocking it because usually I see it and I just panic and I, stay, <laughs> I try to stay in the air and I'm like, yep, don't touch me, nope, don't touch me, sir. Mm-hmm. Six feet. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, in terms of design, yeah, they're cool. I mean, gargoyles in general are just really fucking cool. So yeah. anytime I see them in a game, it's a thumbs up for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, totally fit the aesthetic of Beast Castle. Definitely, that's all great. And then I think, I think the only other new one because we do get some obviously shadows, we get some soldiers, I think, and we get some some fat or. Uh, large bodies. We do get the return, the first return of the large body, correct? Yeah. They're a bit easier uh, to kill, Which thankfully. I guess we can talk about them real quick, because, yeah, they've got a... Actually, yeah, they got a pretty new move set. So yeah, the main thing is it, it it channels its inner penguin and starts sliding around on its belly. <laughs> As opposed to uh, charging um, the hell out of us. I guess it is still a charge, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's much more... Um, 
uh, maneuverable though. Like it's has a lot more uh, control, I guess. So mm. it turns faster. So it's a little harder to avoid. Um, but yeah, if you block it or just use the reaction command to block it, uh, you'll stun it, and then you can follow up with a big attack. And then I think it's literally called big swing, full swing, yep. where you just do a. Yeah, and then you just knock them out, and you can also proc that if you just do, like, a regular finish on them, and then mm -hmm. knock them in the air, but usually the space is a little off, because you'll knock them away, and then you can't actually take it, uh, pull it off. Um, yeah, not every, so... not every finisher will let you do, well, it will let you, always let you do full swing, but if it connects sometimes, I feel like you're, like, a hair exactly. off, because you hit it too far, which is kind of out of our yeah. control, but it is what it is. But yeah, large yeah. bodies, they're basically easier to deal with now. For the, for the majority. Yeah, well, because, like, one, like, also just Sora's a bigger character now. <laughs> True. So, like, they're kind of one-to-one -one in terms of height, so they're not <laughs> as imposing. Yeah. So, oh my yeah, God. it's just easier to get around them. They obviously still deflect on their belly, but it's really easy to just get around them and hit their back. And, yeah. Like, so yeah, exactly the same Like, strategy. you couldn't knock them in the air in the first game, but yeah. now you can. So, they're, they're just not as intimidating. Definitely. Yeah. We have our and then I think, yeah, friend. our other new guy is the, is it Lance Knight? Lance Soldier. Lance Soldier? Yes, mm. those guys. What do they got going on? They're uh, these goofy little friends who don't get along very well with their weapons. So they're, they're yep. more goofy <laughs> than anything deadly, 100%, but they're... They're still an enemy, technically. Oh, they can be deadly. <laughs> oh, oh. On critical, they can be deadly. <laughs> so I do like the the Lance Soldier aesthetic. I mean, the look... Oh, yeah. It's a little... I, I always picture it as a little Trick Master. Well, to be fair, we always fight Trick Master in, oh, in yeah, mini totally. form. So I imagine this is what Trick Master could look like if uh, one faithful knight, him in a shadow, walked into a bar and just glanced at each... Or not shadow, a soldier... <laughs> But yeah, they have, mm -hmm. they have like these little, almost like, I would, would you even call it a lance? It's like basically the head of a lance that with like a little handle on it, but it has a mind of its mm -hmm. own. Literally, literally, if you go to the journal, I think it's the best way to look at them. They just kind of like yeah, try yeah. to grip or and like try to grab at the, at the lance, but it just kind of like, whoop, it just kind of levitates around them and does like, nope, don't touch me. Yep. I, sir, this is, this is not consent. What are you, what are you doing here? <laughs> but yeah, and they have a very cool reaction command where you just you go along for a ride on the lance with the yep. soldier. They drop, Woo! they hurt themselves. They do a little impact. Drop, drop a bunch of drive orbs. So it's always good for getting drive recovery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they're great. I love the way they're animated with just like how they interact with the lance, where they're like they're basically just like running away from them. That's how they attack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, like, they had that one attack where, like, they duck, and then the lance, like, stabs from behind. Like, that oh. one comes out really fast, and that <laughs> one can really mess you up. Um, I definitely died to that a few times. I, was about, I can see the, the the animation just, the, yeah, in mm -hmm. my head. Yeah, and then the attack that prompts Lance Tug, like, similar to Hook Bat. Like, if you're in the air, like, you can't activate it. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you're busy with other Heartless, and then they start pulling off that attack, and you don't get to it in time, like, that would also really mess you up. Um, I'm thinking of an encounter in the next world where it gets very annoying, but we will get to that next week. Um, but yeah, no, they're great. They're probably my favorite of this bunch, just because, um, 
like I said, gargoyles are cool, but I mean, they're just gargoyles. Like the actual heartless is just a little tiny shadowy wisp. So yep. they're not terribly exciting. Uh, but here, like this is like the actual heartless aesthetic and yeah. yeah, like kind of like an evolution of a soldier. So it's fitting that whole design pattern in. Definitely. Yeah. They good. <laughs> awesome. So now that we've taken out a few heartless and knocked some heads, we head over to the West Hall. Which has a few little hidey hidey treasures. Uh, just one in particular that stands out to me. I guess two is there's one like right by the staircase that leads to the west wing. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's one, it's like almost like hot hidden in plain sight. It's also like, it's to the right of the stairs and it's just like against the wall. And I, I feel like one of those two is always the one treasure I'm missing in this world. So <laughs> make sure so, yeah. to get those. So yeah, I guess they're both right next to the stairs. Or at least they're and, uh, obscured and hidden. But also, yeah, and uh, really quickly, I when we went to the West Hall in the movie, I was like, all right, how? Because the Lumiere and Cogsworth and Bell yeah. walking down, and the and the knights, or I should say, the, knights, the suits of armor start to turn and look at them. So that little entrance hall, and then the foyer with leading up to the West Hall are both very accurate in game to what we do see. Very little of them in the movie, but still. I appreciate the office. Yeah, of it. I was definitely keeping an eye out for that too. Of like how how faithful are these locations? And yeah, the uh, the entrance hall very faithful. Parlor, the west hall. Yeah, I feel like just by like design, they had to do a few like just like adding a few extra doors to like get you to the next room. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like the general like look of the room and feel, like yeah, those were all pretty good. I guess one thing like that kind of I guess disappoints me about this world now that I've seen the movie like very recently is just Yeah, I feel like they could have like there's just a lot more to adapt, both in terms of just Beast Castle, because there's like all these like dungeons and towers and just like the whole like outer like scaffolding of like the roof and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. There's just a lot there that they don't really touch. But also like I feel like it could be cool to like go into the town and maybe even the woods. Um like, because that's where the movie starts, right? So I was thinking, yeah. this would actually be interesting if it started from the other perspective, where you start in town, and it's the angry mob, and you meet Gaston, and you think, oh, we have to go kill this horrible beast who's, like, you know, terrorizing the village, and then you actually get to the castle, and you realize, wait, that's no beast, that's our friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that would that would really take a lot of time to build out, so I get it, but... It's just a shame we don't actually have Gaston as a villain here. So. Oh, I, I, I mean, I was gonna save it till the end, but wait until we. Uh, <laughs> I mean, wait mm. for the long game. The, uh, the everything you mentioned just may or may not be in the. I mean, I guess we won't really see it to be honest. But one of the few memorable moments of playing uh, Kingdom Kingdom Hearts Union Cross was mm -hmm. one getting to you roam through the woods. Mind you, it's it's. It's, oh, okay. it's Union Cross, cool. so it's mainly just pathways. But like, yeah, yeah. Some, you know, some. <laughs> I mean, this is just Union Cross. It's like game level design in general. Like, there are some dead ends that have a treasure chest or like an extra enemy or something. But like, it felt like very similar to how it portrayed the movie of like getting lost in the woods and oh no, which way is the right way to go? Uh, and also using yep. Gaston as a villain. Cough, cough, cough. Yeah, for sure. Like, 
I was thinking, because I think we touched on this before in terms of, like, which Disney World should they bring back for, you know, Kingdom Hearts 4 or whatever's next. And, like, Mm -hmm. as much as I feel like in terms of the world design, they could do more with Beast Castle. Like, in terms of story, like, that well's pretty dried up. So, this is about as good as it's going to get, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, no, the, um, I guess the West Hall in particular, the one we're in right now... (laughs) This room always stands out to me because, like, one, it's not just a hall, even though it literally is a hall. (laughs) Um, But it's just much bigger than most of the rooms in Kingdom Hearts 2 in terms of both, like, width and height. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. It just always stands out to me for that reason. Like, I feel like they could do more with it, but, yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. I guess I have a very um, vivid memory Back when Kingdom Hearts 2 first came out, but it was only in Japan, mm-hmm. so I would just creep on, like, various gameplay videos, and I have a very distinct memory of seeing this room for the first time and just being really impressed by it. So, yeah, it's always stuck out to me since then. But, um, yeah. Hmm. Everything else is pretty chill in terms of world design here. What do you think? <laughs> any any particular thoughts on, like... Because we didn't really touch on that uh, for Land of Dragons. Yeah. Of Science, so I just okay. wanted to kind of actually yeah, make that a topic of the agenda. Yeah, I was trying to think even for Land of Dragons. We have, like... We don't go to Mulan's hometown, but we do see mm-hmm. the... Uh, I guess the vill- our training village, the, uh, the plaza, the palace, and the burned village are three memorable. I guess, and the mountain, too. Like, we do hit a few memorable, like locales in the movies for here hmm. it's a very good question yeah because it's like it's all like the interior of the castle which yeah you don't get a lot of good shots of it in the movie in terms yeah, of like being like oh yeah it's this room yeah and like <laughs> i'm comparing where we're about to go to aka the dungeon to when maurice is locked up but one, he's locked up in a tower, not a dungeon. I ex- when, yeah, when he strikes him off, that, he's like, yeah. the, I expect him to say something like, to the dungeon with you! But no, he throws him in a tower, actually. So, the opposite of a dungeon. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it is the same room in terms of design. It's just mm, exactly, just opposite. I guess, I guess we're, we're about to go see Beast in a few minutes, and his yeah. room is very depicted in a very similar fashion yeah. in the movie, so... We hit on, yeah. again, similar. Like, there's a few key, or I wouldn't even say key. There's a few reminiscent rooms. And I imagine that's how they have to develop the world of, like, all right, what can we put in that is familiar enough to people who have seen the movie? Like, where are there mm-hmm. kind of these gray spots where we can literally connect the two? Like, we know the main hallway is, like, the staircase to the left, the staircase to the right, the ballroom, and the staircase leading down. But, you know, what else, like, what, I mean, when we go into the East Wing, which I don't, don't think we really see in the movie besides generic castle design, Yeah, I don't think so. Like, what can yeah. we do there? Yeah. Yeah, like, most of, you know, the interiors are just, like, all cast in shadow, and, yeah, they don't really stand out. So, yeah, there's just, like, a handful of rooms where it's like, oh, yeah. Um, so they worked with what they got, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then what, uh, what was it? That's what I was going to say. Well, also, a lot of, at least a lot of the introduction to Belle, like, from her swapping places with Maurice to the end of Be Our Guest takes place in literally the same night. So, and then it yeah. feels very similar here, like, we are always cast in the nighttime, there is no day here, for reasons also working mm-hmm. inside a castle most of the time, and 
think Knight just fits the aesthetic much more. So I'm down with it. But yeah, for sure, it, it has it, it does create that similar vibe to the movie of you know basically yeah. to the end of Act One feels almost the same because it like takes place yeah. in like the same few hour time span. Yeah, so we have a big old thick wardrobe standing between <laughs> us and our objective. <laughs> um, but what's this? It's a talking wardrobe. Wow! Whack. We, we interrupted her nap, which mm-hmm. is not very reminiscent of anything in the movie. And I debate why this yeah, push mini game yeah. is even here to begin with. Oh, God. Yeah, there's, like, a couple of these in this world where it's like, why are we doing this? <laughs> um, yeah, this one's so dumb, because, like, it's basically, there's, like, no challenge to it. Because So the idea is, mash triangle to push wardrobe out of the way, but be careful, don't wake her up. It's very much like a, uh, a Mario Party minigame. Like, uh, don't wake the wiggler as you pet it. <laughs> um, so you mash it. But there's, like, just a very clear uh, telegraphed, like, oh, she's about to wake up. And it just, it literally, like, takes the prompt away. So you just exactly. have to be, like, mashing nonstop and not actually looking at what's happening. Because <laughs> it's, like, at least a second between when the, like, push command disappears and then when the wake up command Correct, yeah. does appear. And it's, like, okay. It's pretty distinct. So, I'll just stop pressing the triangle button. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, really easy. If you if this 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 is the epitome of uh, you got caught mashing, but to be fair, how many yep. how many times? The, 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 I don't know. I feel like it's. And I guess that's my problem with the mini game. It's simple enough, but it's just it feels like it, it's just padding. It's like oh, we got to add like an extra f- two minutes to this level. Okay, what can we do? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, here we go. Yeah, like, I, I appreciate when they, like, do non-combat things, because, yeah, this game is really lacking those, but it's like, I mean, do better. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, we push out of the way, and it's very exciting. You get, like, a very dramatic zoom in of, like, <laughs> yeah, mission complete. <laughs> I push so she wakey-wakeys, and then she, she gives you, uh, she gets caught up on all the... What's going on here's and... It was a cold winter's night, but first you should go rescue mm. my friends. <laughs> she, she's just a tease. Yeah, she like just... She starts telling you the yeah. story, and she's like, mm, no. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, we get some sort of hint of like, is this where they have the line of, uh, oh, the beast is a prince? The prince is a beast? <laughs> yes. Or maybe that's the okay, coming up, yeah. but uh, but either way, yeah. Oh, she doesn't. I she think doesn't, it's here. She has yeah. the uh, comment of uh, the dungeon's no place for a clock. Right. And like, yeah. Clock? So she's like hinting at like what's going on, but she's being very coy. If the enchanted like, one room over, if the enchanted wardrobe <laughs> wasn't enough. Oh mm-hmm. boy. Yeah, exactly. It's like you kind of already let the cat out of the bag. Here, if they could have built me like this is an enchanted <laughs> castle, and Cosmo's like, ah! yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so we make our way through, and it's time for a bossy, bossy fight. Yeah. Which always has an interesting sort of intro where, so it's another sort of possession thing, much like the gargoyles, where um, the lock, or like the gargoyles around the lock become sentient, and they have big, stretchy Mr. Fantastic arms. Yep. And then they like 
they like slam Donald, but like the way the camera angle is and like the edit, it's very confusing where like it seems like they just completely smushed him, but like he like manages to get out of the way. It's confusing. Yeah, definitely. But that's another one that I remember. It's another shot that was in a lot of the trailers. Um, <gasps> so it's burnt into my school. <laughs> Yeah, so this so. is the fresh thresholder. I couldn't tell you why I like this boss. I feel like there's a, I I don't I don't even have like a fond memory specifically, but I've just always liked this yeah. boss fight. I think it might it might just be the aesthetic, TBH. Of, yeah, you know these two gargoyles stuck in a wall, but then they're they're animated. But so there it's you know it's a stationary boss. They don't move from the wall. But you hit him on the head enough, the possessor will pop out, and then you start doing damage. It's one of those, like, beat up this part of the boss, then you reveal their yep. true form, or like, oh, the crystal is exposed now, and you hit that, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, same, honestly. Like, um, it's not particularly, well, I mean, again, critical mode, so it is challenging if you're sloppy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just a stationary fight, so it doesn't really do much, and then yeah, once you actually get the possessor out, just whack it and you're done. So it's not, like, complex, but I, I agree, like, something about it just, it's, like, cozy, I guess, because, like, the room is really small, mm. um, and it's, like, a mini-boss, but it, it's, like, a little more than a mini-boss, yeah. so, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I also... Not- <laughs> I guess I like, um, <laughs> like, I like, um... A few worlds have this, where, like, the boss progression is, like, very steady, mm-hmm. where, like, yeah, we, um, we have this guy, so he's, like, the, the appetizer, we're gonna have Beast in a little bit, and then we have the two forms of the final boss, so it's, like, you just see that progression of the bosses, which is obviously where Kingdom Hearts 2 shines, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's, like, kind of, like, the hype match, where it's, like, oh, yeah, like, we're gonna fight you again, but you're gonna be tougher, that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's pretty pretty stationary, so it just has its two... I guess it's like a kind of a three-hit combo, where it like whops you to the side, whops you to the left, and then and the center. So just avoid it once it starts doing that, and it, it can't touch you. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And then just knock it out, and that's pretty much game. It's pretty avoidable. <laughs> After, I think, the first or maybe second time... <sighs> Sorry about that. I yawned. Um, I think after the first time you knock the possessor out, do some damage, and he goes back in, uh, he'll start to use some ma- like oh, it's a very equivalent to Dark Side's like Dark Meteor attack, where it's just kind of like mm-hmm. home. Well, that's more of like just like Shadowfall. This is like there's little darkness darts that'll home in on you. Right? He sends out a few of them, so be careful. They don't do a whole lot of damage, but I could also yeah, you can just block them. It's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. They, they do, or, I think, um, originate you... from, like, the top of the... They either originate, like, near the top of the room or, like, above him, so sometimes they have a very weird trajectory. Yeah, They're... for sure. Mm. Um, I was just kind of spamming the hook bat reaction command. You're, like, kind of... you're. I think you are just straight-up invincible during that. Yes. So that was pretty handy. Oh, okay. Um, and, well, yeah, it also has its, uh, like, wind gust attack where it knocks you back, which... If anything helps you, because again, it puts you out of the range of their actual attack. So it's like okay, true, yeah, cool, it, I guess <laughs> there are. I guess there are hook bats and gargoyles that will spawn throughout the uh, throughout the fight. Usually, mainly at the start of the fight. I think once we again get to foe stage two of oh, you knock, you saw the possessor, you beat him up, and now he's going back inside. 
because I <laughs> I got hit a I didn't say I got hit a lot before, but there <laughs> there are two puzzle pieces in this room. So the puzzle piece mm-hmm. caught my eye. I was like, oh, let me go grab that. <laughs> oh, definitely. Because <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. die during this boss fight. I'm on normal mode. But I did, like, there are two puzzle pieces. I got both of them. And then the gargoyles descended upon my ass. And I did take a huge chunk mm-hmm. of damage because I was just up against a wall. And I was getting, like, spun to death. But <laughs> unless you're an idiot, you, yeah. sh- you, you should be fine majority of the time. Yeah. And then So we beat him. And we get some goodies. So one, Donald learns fire. And yep. two, Sora gets the upper slash ability. So, two pretty big ones. Although, I'll admit, I never really equip fire on Donald, because I feel like he uh. doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> <laughs> or at least I'd never notice it really making a difference. So. I was about to say, I couldn't even, I can't even Im- imagine Donald doing it. Like, I can't visualize the animation. And I'm curious, exactly. if, does he stand in place, or does he is he able to cast and run? Because I feel like Right. Time, I feel like I've seen it. He's been running, and so, I've seen fire on him, but I could be wrong. Yeah, so I can only think of him using it in Pride Lands in his birdie form oh, when he's yeah. mobile. <laughs> um, so I can imagine him using it like that, but like when it's just normal Donald standing, like I yeah, I can't picture what that looks like. Is he like frozen in place when he uses it? Is it just like a normal like? Like you said, can he like kind of move while he's doing it? So mm-hmm. I don't bother with it because <laughs> he's just so much more useful with Thunder because he just spans it like he's got unlimited ammo. So. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I just as you progress with Donald, you'll constantly just see Thunder coming down left and right. Yeah, and then we get Upper Slash, which. I always assume we get way, way later in the game, because it's such a huge... I mean, I guess it would make sense to have this early, because, yeah, it's such a big mechanic. Not that there's... Not that Kingdom Hearts 2 combat is terribly complex, but, like, it's just a launcher, right? So, pop the enemies in the air, follow up with them. But, like, it's basically the only other thing you can do on the ground during a combo, um, aside from just mashing X. So, like, it's just stands out for that um yeah, yeah. But, i guess i'm thinking of horizontal slash comes a lot later mm. um but yeah no this is an awesome move it's super handy like yeah I generally think... you're doing better in the air in kingdom hearts 2 i feel like it yeah and especially with uh well we have star seeker that we can't it can use so if you do want to mm-hmm. just make aerial combos the go-to you can just one two pop in the air if you got Star yep. Seeker, if you have more air combo plus, just kind of go ham. And also, you know, yeah. if enemies are in the air, they're even less susceptible to doing anything than they are on the ground. Especially exactly. because yeah, most like, of our enemies are ground-based. So, yep. it is yeah, just... Yeah, like, it's you want to pop your enemies in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, after that, we make our way to the dungeon... Which is seemingly empty. Oh. I can't believe nobody's here. We went through so much effort. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. But wait, everyone's here. Because psych, we're all furniture. Lamers. Yep. <laughs> so, they basically kind of nod to the scene where Maurice stumbles upon the castle. And then he f- meets Lumiere and Cogsworth. And he... <laughs> Very inappropriately touches Cogsworth. And <laughs> Donald is like the same thing here. And so I wrote yep. down the note of like, Donald's just a weirdo. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. doesn't he like shake? Doesn't he like shake like Cogsworth almost, almost like there's a prize mm. about to pop out? <laughs> yeah, and then he fondles his little pendulum, and Cogsworth's like, "Stop that right now!" <laughs> He's very patient. Um, so yeah, they then cut to. Well, first of all, they they introduce themselves naturally. Mm. I'm sore, Donald, Goofy. <laughs> Uh, then they cut to a text cutscene where they give the backstory of the beastly prince who's transformed and we're all under his curse. Mm. We must break it, but only through true love, blah, blah, blah. You all know the story. Yep. Um, so they say we should go find the beast, but oh no, the suits of armor are guarding him, which is like, okay, we... In the next scene, we see Cogsworth tell the suits of armor to move. So why couldn't he just do that for the other suits of armor in the West <laughs> Hall? But whatever. <laughs> um, so it's all just an excuse for another shoehorn minigame. Yay! Exactly. I, I'm thinking, I thought of this when, we were, when I was playing through it. I was like, you could just make the area to get to the dungeon like inaccessible for some reason. Like, So last, uh, last night I was playing... The, the latter half of the Halo 2 campaign, and I think it is the set one of the final three levels there is basically the the gimmick of the level is to release these pistons and then jump into like the hole it creates when it lifts up or lifts down mm-hmm. technically. And there's a few where it's just basically jump into a chute and it's just almost mm-hmm. like a, a way to obscure having to load the level, wink wink. But there's like this various sense of like yeah. oh, oh almost it reminded me of the uh, sliding down the pipes in the the FF seven remake of just like oh this is elaborate for not really any particular reason but uh, it reminded me in Beast Castle of exactly what you said of like we can't just go upstairs we can't we can't do that we have to go through the basement and so when I was playing through I was yep. like I don't know, something to be like, you have to drop down here to get here, or something else to signify. We can't go back the same way. Can we go back another yeah, way? Yeah, like, they could have done, like, during the fight with the thresholder, right? Like, maybe it, like, damaged the room, so then that entrance became blocked. Like Exactly. Could have done something. But, whatever. It's fine. So, yeah, we are in the the dungeon proper, I guess. And we get a little mini game where we have to combine the power of light... With the power of fire and the power of tea <laughs> to create the avatar. God. <laughs> um, and the most crucial part is Cogsworth has to hold the crank down. <laughs> so, wee wee lad, look at his weak, feeble frame. You cannot expect him to stay on there for long, no? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, maybe he can't, but like, Goofy, like, you can just hold it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, basically, yeah, the gimmick is you're on a timer because Cogsworth can't hold the crank down to keep the lanterns lowered, so you have to beeline it between the three of them what? and wait for Lumiere and Mrs. Potts to catch up, and then you do your little shindig. And, yay, the lanterns are all on fire now. Mm-hmm. But there, I, so, one, I just kind of twiddled around so I had to go back and help Cogsworth up but I misjudged how long unless there unless this game is minigame is very gracious to you like I like Cogsworth like I was like oh no the lanterns are gonna go I have to do everything Cogsworth for 
full ass ten seconds was just sitting on the ground. And I'm like, mm-hmm. am I am I going to be punished? Game, hello, hello. So either the, I, I I couldn't tell you if it's very gracious. I should have just been like, hmm. But I just sit here until the the lanterns mess up. But yeah, Cogsworth was like out of energy for like a good while, and I got no ramifications besides. I have to run back to the end of the level to do the the final lantern release. So, question mark, question yeah. mark, question mark. You just lose time. And then it's annoying because then Mrs. Potts and Lumiere follow you back to him. And then they follow you again. It's very slow. So, you can easily just one-cycle this. Just yeah, don't mess around like you were. <laughs> like, don't go for the stickers. Wait until after. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just, like, go for whatever... There's, like, crates blocking you, so go for, like, the ones in the center, so that way they can get around them easier, and then, yeah, just go straight between each lantern, and it's pretty easy. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and then once that's done, the gang splits up, <laughs> and I love how Sora's just like, watch out for any Heartless, okay, bye. It's like, <laughs> how is this tiny clock supposed to defend himself if he actually runs into a Heartless? <laughs> Ay, ay, he's so negligent. <laughs> ay, ay. But, um, yeah, that's that. Um, so, yeah, afterwards, I did get the stickers, and this reminds me I was able to get them, because guess what I have? I've got high jump! Yep. <laughs> yeah, so, I maxed out my ballot form already for as much as you can at this point anyway. Because, yeah, you can only level it up twice, uh, which is pretty easy. So now there's no real reason to use it, I guess. Um, So I kind of (laughs) was a little too eager, I guess, compared to not using it at all. Um, But yeah, you get high jump, which is awesome, because it's your growth ability. So the first game, you get it in a chest and a whale stomach. Here, you get it through the power of friendship and knocking heads. <laughs> and, yeah, the difference is here, your abilities level up with you. So right now, mm-hmm. we have just a little baby high jump, which honestly is, like, barely even different <laughs> than the regular jump. Yeah, um, it's like a head tall. I shouldn't say a head taller, like, half half of Sora's body a little higher. So, mm-hmm. for those pesky yeah. jumps, some puzzle pieces that we'll have to get to at some point... Um, it's yeah. not the greatest, but as you level up Valor form more and more, your high jump gets better and better and better. And true for yeah. all of the movement abilities gifted by our drive forms. Wink, wink. Yeah. So very satisfying because, yeah, once you get another drive form, then that kind of raises the cap for all of them. So it's really exciting when, yeah, you get that and you're like, okay, I can level up my other my other growth mm-hmm. abilities. So, it's a, it's a fun loop to get into, for sure. I'll be curious if we... I feel like we're we're shedding our conservative drive form clothes and embracing oh, yeah. the outfits. So, there is... At least to get to the second one. Well... Hmm. Final Mix does introduce a new one, but I forget where we mm-hmm. get it. But I think it's around the midpoint of the game. So, I think the next you get form, it. Yeah, we get in Twilight Town second visit, which is very close to yeah. Okay. Um, the second form that we're gonna get. Okay, so um, yeah, they are r- relatively close, but our second, the next form is still on the next one on the table coming up, the next course eventually. So yeah, I'll be yeah. curious if we max out Valor form before we get the other one, but. Hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, I still use the exploits, right? So the most obvious one is if you go to a save point and enter the world map, you come back when you're in a drive form anyway. So if 100%. you get back to a save point before yes. your gauge runs out, go to world map, come back, bam, your drive gauge is max, you're in normal form. It's almost like you never went to a drive form, but you these still are the experience to show for it. This, these and are the that scraps is how you grind. that we needed growing up. Yes. So, oh, yeah. I, every time I am... Or if you're a real smarty pants, there are... There's a... Mm-hmm. I couldn't... I, there are areas where... Adult, or your prime yep. members roam around. So technically, if you go into one of those areas, but they're usually yeah. a save point ninety percent of the time. So, eh, you could farm that way too. Because uh, I know some of them are always persistent. Some of them aren't. I think the village, yeah. I think the burning village in Mulan may be one of them. But as I think about it, I don't think so. But like very mm. similar of like oh into this area where my party doesn't exist anymore, and therefore the drive form. Uh, dismisses yep. itself and you're maxed out already basically because the game's like yeah. there are no party That's... members to sacrifice to the great elder gods so uh, let's just kick you out of dry form but give you yeah. max gauge that way is much more reliable because it's just instant like as soon as you enter the room you're out whereas the other way like you had to actually get to the save point and I can't tell you how many times the like it gets right down to the wire and I'm like ah I gotta get there no and then like I'll, like, hit the save menu, but, like, I already, like, poofed oh. back into normal Sora. So, like, you just pull, see it, like, in, like, the screenshot. Pull, pull, pull boy, like, naked and afraid. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, uh, I, when I was coming from Bell in the east wing going to the west wing, I was like, let me pop Valor, because enemies will spawn at the intersection of the staircase. I was like, let me pop Valor, let me go into the parlor, go to the world map, come back, because there's a save point nearby. Screw it. That I had that mm-hmm. similar. Um, I had almost had a moment like that. I literally was like, "Oh, I have like half a gauge left, and I'm like on the staircase. I need to make a beeline for the save point." And so I entered. Yep. I got into the parlor, and literally got to the point where the game started to, you know, start to to fade. fade it'll, it'll be a fade in, yeah. And I was like, just like I'm like, I know the save point is to the left. Pause, pause, mm-hmm. pause, and I was like, I can see it now, and I just. You know, run and immediately match triangle to get into the save point to get back to the world map. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also, so, there is a there is a repercussion to using our dry forms constantly, and I'm wondering when that will start to uh, yeah to rear its ugly head. So probably probably not for a while. Okay. At least two more worlds, I would say. I was about to say it might be the end of next world, or yeah, I was thinking maybe the one after that. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we make our way to Beast's room. Hey, buddy. How's it going? But, uh, someone else has made his way there first. <gasps> it's What's organization, sir. Do you sound kicker? Yeah, no, we got our first, I guess, organization member sighting in the wild. So we see them up to their, their no good deeds. And yeah, he's just whispering sweet nothings in the beast's ear, like no one will ever love you except me. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, I have a thing for your beastly friend. <laughs> Forget Belle. No one could ever love a monster like you. She's going to betray you, you see, and yeah, Roar. just basically Egg and Beast on. And it's not great. <laughs> so 
Yeah, he's totally in Beast's head, and Beast is super paranoid right now. And Sora and the gang enter the room, and the organization member disappears. And then Beast is like, get out of here, I hate you, no one understands me. Mm -hmm. And we get another boss fight, which is interesting, because I don't think... I mean, there might be, but I don't think there are any other times where you fight a party member as a boss... Um, hmm. At least a Disney party, part, uh, Disney party member. True, um, true, true, true. Um, I think this is the only my... one. Well, oh no, I was gonna, I was gonna say, no, I was gonna, I was gonna say Olympus Coliseum, but incorrect for this game. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think this is um, a unique. Yeah, I guess there's Baymax in Kingdom Hearts 3, although it's dark Baymax, so not really. Um, but yeah, in any case, it's cool, because yeah, you, get to, you get to fight him, you get to knock some sense into him. And Please, Master, control with... yourself! <laughs> Does he say control yourself or compose yourself? I think, I yeah, I think it is composed, as you say that out loud. But... Compose yourself! Mm-hmm. Rock, get out! Um, yeah, no, I mean, this one's pretty simple, honestly, like... I feel like Beast Lane just has the one sort of lunge attack, which... Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. I was being really stupid about it, because, like, he basically has super armor, where, like, you can't really interrupt it, but I mm. kept trying to interrupt it, and he kept getting, like, three or four hits off me, and then I just instantly died, and I was <laughs> like, well, oh, no. this is a bad idea. I should just slow down and let him get his attack off, and then I'll go in for some hits. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's called use Wake Up constantly and use Valor Form. Pretty much, win. yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, 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 as we were saying, he doesn't flinch, so you need to make your attacks worthwhile. He might flinch yes. from Valor form, like, uh, certain multi-hit moves, so I think, will knock him around. Well, at least knock him out of his attack animation a little bit, but your normal combo, I think, maybe your finisher will launch him a little bitty. But other than that, you gotta be careful about when you get in, because mm-hmm. he is literally a beast. So, yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll mess you up if you give him the opportunity. You, um, you can launch him into the air with, um... Uh, upper slash, mm-hmm. but um, I feel like he has some sort of like I feel like he can break out of it and maybe attack you if you just keep wailing on him. Mm. So yeah, like you said, if you want to be safe, just keep spamming wake up call, and then yep, once you whittle him down, because yeah, he only has like one bar of health. It's nothing at all. Yeah, it's pretty simple. He um, you get a really dramatic finisher with Cogsworth, where again you just siphon the power of life into him and or light, <laughs> and it's creates the ultimate alarm clock. It's like, all right, this seems a little a little bit too much, but whatever. <laughs> it's perfect when you're talking so, about. We got Beast back, and we also got a few extra goodies, because uh, I think we mentioned this before, but yeah, in this game you have your regular levels, but you also have your bonus levels, and bonus levels are all predetermined, so like usually like some sort of story or boss fight reward, uh, you get a little bonus level. Uh, so here... Is you get Sora's armor slot and Goofy gets the defender ability. So yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Beast is back to his beastly self, and <laughs> he's in total mopey mode. And he's like, "I let Salden eh, get our first name <gasps> drop of the organization." Boom boom. Uh, Salden, he was controlling me. I wasn't myself. Mm. He got into my head. And he bemoans the fact that he 
locked his servants away, and then Goofy steps in like a real one and says, Well, gosh, I'm sure you just did that to protect them. She's like, is that what it was? So I tried to protect them, and it's like, uh, yeah, sure, we'll let's, go with that. Let's go with the more positive <laughs> version of this. <laughs> just in case, buddy. Just, 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 you know, just to be, just to be on the yeah, safe side. Sure. <laughs> yeah, no, Beast is very mopey in both visits, frankly. And I feel like they definitely mischaracterize him. It's almost like the cloud effect where they just assume, oh, he's so stoic and serious and moody. And like Beast is definitely that, but like more often he's just more outright angry, which again, they definitely have a lot of that in this game. But like they don't really get to like his sweeter side. And also his 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 sillier side, because he does have his moments where, you know, he's not afraid to poke fun at himself. Um so yeah, I feel like they just really lean into like, oh, he's the big hulking macho monster and don't really they don't really capture his whole personality uh in either game, really. So that's a little disappointing because he's kind of boring in that sense to me. Or like I feel like you just like Beast just because he's a good party member. You don't really like him for like story reasons as much. I don't know. What what are your thoughts? Hmm. I think I still like him for story reasons. It's just not as effective because he's either he's either angry or depressed. And to be fair, he's more yeah. <laughs> uh, he's more angry than anything at the end of the day. But I can understand yeah. that he also has a lot of self loathing. Like there's. How many times has someone yeah. in movie or game said, like, who could ever love a beast? Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Dribble, dribble, dribble. <laughs> uh, he needs to learn how to be loved. I mean, we've heard it all before a million times, so I'll spare you the details. Yeah, I, I just don't care, because, like, most of the time he's either being manipulated or, like, he wants revenge for being manipulated. And, like, yeah. those are two very boring modes to me. And that is a, another problem with another party member, which we'll get to later on. But he's my least favorite. Oh. <laughs> In terms of story, anyway. But yeah, it's just like, ugh, could you just not? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're clearly being manipulated. Like, just stop and think about it. So what you're this, saying but, um, is Beast is just Knuckles the Echidna. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's on our side again. Yay! And Woo, yeah, I mean, his Musa is pretty much the same as KH1. Mm-hmm. Except for, of course, he's got a shiny new limit, much like Mulan. So, yeah, Twin Howl. Um, big roar, big slappy wappies, yep. big ground pounds, and then another big roar. <laughs> yep, I mean, that's, that's, that's basically it. it. But uh, this is the one, I feel like Mulan with uh, with Red Dragon. Let me scroll up. Let me double check. Yeah, I feel like you could use Flame Tongue or Heat Lance pretty interchangeably. Mm-hmm. For this one, you have to... This one is a Triangle X, Triangle X. Like, you have to do... Yeah, you have to out. alternate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just... I don't know. I feel like this is one of the worst ones just because the mobility is so crap like you're just stuck into like the one spot basically so unless you like kick it off like in the middle of just a giant crowd of heartless like i don't know i feel like it's not gonna do a lot like obviously like it has an aoe because like, you send out little shockwaves so that's good but it's like okay well if you take out those enemies then 
you're pretty much done. Like, it's not like you can, like, cross the room and get more Heartless to spawn. Like, you're rooted to that one spot. So, like, eh, I don't really care for it. I think I just just used it once, and I was like, well, that's that's enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) Once, I think once once is enough just to to test it out. But this is is the most, in my opinion, and so far, we've only done two, and from our limited recollection, I think this is the one that you just blindly... I remember using this a lot growing up, just because it's just a simple, like, alright, I want to destroy anything in a five... Mind you, only anything in a five-foot radius, but you will eviscerate anything that is touching you, essentially. But it's a good, Mm -hmm. like, spam it, get it over with, and then move on to the next one, I think. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of... So yeah, it's... It's interesting how late you get Beast as a party member, because, yeah, I mean, our next objective is pretty much the final boss. Uh, yeah. I guess we go to, um, we do go to Bell's room, I think, and then Wardrobe kind of tells us off for, well, tells Beast off, anyway, for being a jerk. Yes. And, and then, yeah, she just says something like, oh, her spirit is what makes her so charming, or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, where's Bell? And, like, Wardrobe's like, she went, she went to go find you, and he's like, that insolent girl, why can't she stay still? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's basically just more padding so that you can use Beast for a couple more rooms. As opposed to um, immediately beelining it for the ballroom where the final yeah. boss is going to be. A.K.A. Exactly. we move one room over and Bell's like, "Yep, get your hands off of me. Beast, yeah, it's weird. Ball. Yeah, you hear her from the other side of the door and I always just imagined it was Zaldin like, trying to like Oh, yeah, that's 100% Kidnapper. Bell being tormented in the ball. Yeah. <laughs> By whom? Because, yeah, our next boss is the um, the Shadow Stalker, which does not have hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, was it, was it like a Heartless? Was it Zaldin? And then he noped out. Because, yeah, when we see her, she's just running away from nothing. Um, and then she pieces out to the balcony and cheers us from the sideline. Yeah. Mm. It was just kind of a weird beat. But whatever, it's fine. It's boss time. Woohoo! So yeah, we got the Shadow Stalker, which is basically big dark ball. So yep. I always like how it's a pretty clear nod to them because they don't actually show up in this game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a dark ball with frosted tips and I mean, it's got basically a, he's got a chain fetish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a. Uh... This isn't too hard of a boss. He's he's got a few spicy moves. Other than that, for I, mean, I would say pretty straightforward. But he's alright. Yeah, no, he he, he exists. <laughs> the uh, yeah, he's he's really easy because like pretty much all of his attacks have a very obvious range. Because mm-hmm. like you're in the ballroom, which is just huge, so it's just really easy to avoid them. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that sort of shows me up. I guess there's two. There's the move where he comes out from under the floor and there's like a little spark under you that shows he's about to come out, which yeah. just jump when you see that and you're fine. Just but if butthole. you don't, like he can mess you up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the like chandelier laser move is kind of weird because the timing's off where like you can't really stagger him and like you can't take mm-hmm. the health down enough within one cycle. So like, yeah. you have to get in and basically attack him and then flee when the laser starts up again because you can't really do anything against it. Like, you can't you can't block it. Like, mm-hmm. it'll just hurt you. Yeah, so I don't think you can... That's probably the trickiest one. Yeah, you know? we can't even jump over it. 
even with probably a high jump. So it's kind mm-hmm. of a pain in the ass. I mean, it's a definitive, like, F you, F you, F you, you have to do. There, there's only one path to go from here go and learn how to, learn the pathway, kid. But yeah, that mm-hmm. that's particularly annoying. The line attack, I remember the line attack being, it's more intimidating than it is hurtful. Like, obviously, unless you're up against the window, which why would you be? Mm-hmm. Um, you should see them coming from a mile away. But I feel like sometimes you can misjudge it and then still kind of half be in the, the line attack. So, especially when they're moving, just watch out. Cool, because also, like, mm-hmm. he, he goes into the window, he possesses the window, he's like, Rah! and he shoots the lines at you. I feel like I would try to look at the window to determine where the hell I need to be, but in reality, just wait until the attack starts and then be like, okay, I need to step a half step to the left or to the right because they're pretty close and they're pretty easy to step out of the way of or jump. Yeah, even like in. there are very clear safe zones where, like, regardless of what attack it's using, except for the like the floor attack, like I mentioned, but that one's also really obvious. Like, yeah, if you're just standing there and just feeling out like where it's gonna go next, like you'll be safe. So, yeah, he's really easy. He also doesn't have a lot of health. So, yep. knock him down, and then what's that? It's uh, not over. Stalkers evolving. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and we get Dark Thorn. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Which I mentioned a few episodes ago. Looks very reminiscent to Final Fantasy X's interpretation of Ifrit. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. But yeah, he's basically... I don't really know how to describe him. He's like a big wolf kind of werewolf-looking thing, sort of. Not really. He's got really yeah, long hair. I, I big him... meaty claws. Exactly. Like he, well, yeah. He's he's very effort similar. If if you didn't even make the Final Fantasy comparison, he looks more like the beast, like this kind of weird amalgamation. Yep. He's got like horns totally. but long limbs. He's got beast for beast. Wonderful flowing hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, he's a big old boy, and he has an invisibility cloak. So for the first chunk, <sighs> or he kind of like goes in and back in between them, but like he'll be invisible. So watch out! But of course, it's like that video game invisible where he's just kind of transparent and like you can still see him. But yeah, you can invisible. see it's very uh-huh. very stealth sneak guess. <laughs> of him. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he just kind of does some melee attacks during this phase, but keep whacking him, but I'm going to take a quick detour to explain how I completely cheesed this fight. <laughs> Go uh, ahead. Pun intended, because I got a little help from a mouse. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, so, he, again, critical, which means I get knocked out very easily. So, in the first phase, where he's just invisible and nothing's really happening, he, like, took me out in, like, two hits, basically. But, uh, I decided I won't give up. <laughs> so, fun fact. Certain fights in this game, if you die, there's a chance that Mickey, you can call him in for backup, and you can just straight up play as him. <laughs> Come on, sir! I don't really know why this mechanic's here. I don't know why it's not explained. I guess it's supposed to be like, oh my gosh, it's a surprise. But mm-hmm. yeah, playable Mickey is a thing. So I died. I called him in. He shows up. Sora! And yeah, you can basically just take out the boss. Like you can whittle down its health as Mickey. Or you can spam the D charge command to get your drive gauge up as Mickey. Because when you do, you can what? then fully revive Sora. 
But, no, I just fight as Mickey because he's really good. <laughs> yeah, he, Mickey's so, meant to be the backup mechanic, but you just said, what if I just beat... So, do you beat the entire boss, but then you can't kill it because you're Mickey, so you revive Sora, and Sora lands like exactly. a blow or casts a blizzard to tickle it to death? Yep. Yeah, so, Mickey, I mean, his moveset's really straightforward, because you have just the one magic attack pearl, I think it's called. So, yep. it's like a homing magic uh, light bulb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that one's really good, because it homes, but it's like, it's, it's like a... Uh, persistent hitbox where it just like kind of like hovers around the enemy and just keeps doing damage and does a ton. Okay. Um, and also his attacks are great because they also kind of like his physical attacks. They also kind of hone in and he's like very fast and mobile. So you just get in, just keep whacking them. So yeah, I got him down to his base health, and then he can't really do much to you because his big attack is the chandelier move. And yeah, just stand ten feet clear and you're you're good. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's great, because he has so many, like, scripted attacks that he just has to, like, do the whole animation, so yeah. that's the perfect time to just spam the D-gauge, so got him down to one health, I got my, ma- I maxed out the gauge, I healed Sora, and yeah, exactly like you said, I just popped off a blizzard, and he <laughs> was donezo, so like, I'll take it, power. I guess. <laughs> give me power! <laughs> um, so that's how I did it. But how yeah. how's the normal <laughs> fights? How does it God. usually go? Speaking of the chandelier, insert your whatever see a joke you want to make here, everybody. Um, mm-hmm. He will he will he will ride the chandelier, but you can say, "But I want that chandelier." But when the chandelier drops, you get a reaction command to step vault, and then a follow up reaction command to slam uh, Dark yep. Thorn into the into the wall, basically, and you ride him to. The end of Oblivion, but it'll do a, a decent chunk. It, it's easy enough to hit. Also, if the chandelier hits you instead and you get knocked away, it, it will knock you towards one of the pillars, which are all, all now these weird well, the columns or these weird possessed tentacles now. Um, yeah. And you'll literally... There, there are two options with the chandelier. That is win and win, because if you get hit towards a column, you get the slingshot command, which will put you into riding the chandelier and then hurting the dark thorn. So, in reality, just... <laughs> Reaction commands. Reaction commands are very mm-hmm. good. You should use them. Uh, other than that, yeah, I'm disappointed because I wasn't mm-hmm. able to pop that off. But that's like, again, <laughs> that was a very big trailer shot of this particular chandelier reaction command because it's mm-hmm. very cool looking. Oh, yeah, it's, it's 100% very dynamic. And uh, when I, when I, when Now, whenever I think of dynamic reaction commands, I always compare them to when we talked about Twilight Thorn, which are kind of these forced dynamic perspectives of like look how cool this boss fight is which is i mean mm-hmm. triangle 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 but like with 10 seconds space between them for dramatic effect uh but yeah. this one has a substantial impact and it isn't something that's handed to you you have to earn it mind you there are there there are avenues to earn it there is doing it the normal way and you're oh you got punished well you get one more chance just one second chance and you can you can potentially turn this around but i think they're they're more fair here this is mm-hmm. and as you mentioned in critical mode you got destroyed in 2 seconds i feel like this is probably the first viable get knocked the heck out threat like it's the first yeah, boss sure. like this is okay now this is a real boss fight we talked about Sean Yu last week and kind of how much of a joke that boss fight is to a degree so mm-hmm. it is kind of funny going from 
Uh, I could beat Sean Yu in my sleep, probably, to... Eh, you better watch out for Darkthorn. I definitely... I had to use a potion. Which yeah, he's very aggressive. Don't. Like, he just yeah. rushes down, and you're like, I don't know what to do! Don't hurt me! <laughs> but other than that, yeah. you should be... As long as you keep eye on your bearings, or uh, or bring in the House of Mouse, and turn into the House yeah, of Pain, exactly. uh, you'll be able to get through pretty straightforwardly. Yeah. yeah. So you beat him, you get retaliating slash as a reward, which is similar to air recovery, except it's offensive, and yep. I don't know, I feel, I don't use it a lot, because I feel like if you're in a situation where you're being knocked out in the air, and then you retaliate, like, usually that's also going to hurt you, because that enemy's probably really strong, and they're probably about to do another attack, and... It probably has priority over you, so we'll, <laughs> we'll get into it later. Like mostly for boss fights is where I feel like it's not particularly useful. A hundred percent for no. like average I mob was about fights. To say. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like retaliating slash immediately puts you into a counter attack. You don't really have any momentum shift or change, whereas arrow recovery you can pop it, and then immediately you're in control of swords. Yeah, you can, you can fall exactly in any direction you want. You're going to have a little momentum to work with as well, so. I mean, air recovery is much better for recovery, obviously, but yeah, I feel like it, it just doesn't work. Retaliating slash doesn't work in some boss fights, so I feel like I just default to... Well, also, you can air recovery and then go into it, your own aerial combo. So exactly, You still, you still yeah. have the option to be offensive, so I think, I, I so think everybody if I'm, prefers aerial recovery. But. Yeah, if I'm ever short on AP, like, retaliating slash is gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the day is saved. Woohoo! And it was all just a big misunderstanding, Bell. Um, so we figure out the organization is muddling with Beast. And Goofy cracks the code and figures, well, gosh, he probably wanted to turn you into Heartless so they could take that there nobody of yours. Which, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But it would be really interesting if we actually saw that in action. Because, like, we never really get confirmation that that is what the organization is looking for. Like, yeah. from them, anyway. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no written, also, written confirmation, but the writing is in the walls, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, what would a what would Beast Nobody look like, right? Like, would it just be, like... Curious. What is, what is know, Heartless would look like? Like, a, ber- mm. a berserker? Or would it be, like, an actual, like, organization Nobody, where he keeps his memories, and then, like, how does that work with the Disney character? That would be really weird. God, was... <laughs> has any Disney it's... character been turned into a Nobody? Let me count the ways. <laughs> Absolutely none of them, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I always imagine, I mean, mind you, this is probably coming from, the like, growing up playing this game. I just imagine, like, a bigger, whiter, <laughs> but similar, like, monstrous beast I think it'd be more mm. akin to, like, a Dark Thorn or, like, you know, it looked more like a Heartless or, like, I shouldn't say Heartless. I should say Monster more than, like, uh, a beast in a black cloak with, like, yes, we, <laughs> we, we must get the Keyblade wielder on our side. <laughs> I just imagine it's, like, like, Zaldin, Marluxia, Axel, and then Beast is, like, three feet taller than all of them in, like, his mm-hmm. triple XL black coat. <laughs> black coat. Hey, hey. Yeah. So, yeah, they're commemorating the victory, and I think, yeah, we seal the keyhole or open the lanes or whatever. The the item of this world is the rose, naturally. (gasps) Crazy! And then, 
they talk about the curse. Like, oh, do you really think they're going to make it? And then um, <laughs> Sora makes this really weird comment. Like, I hope so. Or yeah. something where it's like very cynical. <laughs> I, I definitely wrote down Sora does not believe in love. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it implies where it's, he's like, it sounds like he's like, oh, no, the beast needs all the help he's going to get. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of out of character for him. But Sora's just weird in this game. It's okay. It's a thing. Um. So, yeah, they say the goodbyes and they <laughs> they give out their, uh, have you seen this Riku flyer? <laughs> <laughs> tell us, if you hear any thing about the organization or the king or riku even though you don't know who most of these people are just give us a holler even though you don't have a phone Uh, (laughs) yeah i mind you through some magical disney shenanigans they might be able to contact us but literally like uh, having kh3 having a game that has a game that exists and a game that we've played of like Sora's like, what's a phone do? I just <laughs> it mm-hmm. it makes life unbearable. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <sighs> um and yeah, it begins this really annoying pattern where Sora's whole adventure is literally just going to world by world saying, Do you see Riku? No? Okay, well, let me know if you do. See you later. <laughs> hey, sir, have you seen any plot devices for me? A scrap of morsel, perhaps. Yeah, have you seen the plot? I'm I'm desperately looking for the plot. I can't find it anywhere <laughs> in all these Disney worlds. Oh <laughs> And it's also weird to me because hi, yeah. Last time Beast saw Riku, he beat him within an inch of his life. <laughs> yeah, also true. <laughs> I just imagine sure, no. Riku does that, show up that, here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm happy to, like, totally reunite you with your jerk friend. Yeah. Because, like, Sora doesn't explain, like, okay, I, I know you two, like, have a past, but he's good now, I promise. Yeah, oh, it's complicated, mm-hmm. we can sit down, we can talk but, yeah, through this. Because our, our first scene in Hollow Bastion is, like, Riku's like, how did you get here? And he's like, my heart led me here, you dumbass kid. And he's yeah. like, uh, insert, who could love a beast here? And he's like, I'll kill you! I'll kill you! <laughs> Yeah, so Beast is like, yeah, totally. I'm, I'll, I'll be right on that for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just imagine this now a bit where sort through through Disney magic, Beast is like, I found Riku, and then sort of walks into the the parlor, and Riku's just skinned, hanging above the fireplace now. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh yeah. So yeah, that is that. And for our troubles, we get a cure element. So that's exciting. Very early on. And I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Of <sighs> course, cure much works. Cure works much differently in this game because it takes all your MP. Um, so you can't just spam it willy nilly. Mm-hmm. And it also just automatically heals the entire party instead of having, like, you don't just, well, you can select a target, but, like, that's, like, it creates, like, a little range, like, an area of I was about to say, where, like, there, if, yeah, there's a radii <laughs> that, I mean, there's really just yeah. a circle around the character, aka, exactly. you should just literally use it on yourself and just, if you care just about your friends, yourself. yeah, run next to your friends <laughs> if you care to heal them a little bit. Or, like, yeah. oh, if I start... Six inches to the left. I'll get Donald in this too, but like, really, just use it for yourself. 
Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that is Beast Castle. First visit. Uh, pretty fun time, I would say. Again, because it, it has a nice... It paces out its boss fights pretty well. Mm-hmm. So that always stands out. Um, and yeah, it's just nice to see some old friends and... Yeah, in terms of like location, I think Beast Castles more interesting than Land of Dragons. So yeah, I think yeah, I, I would time. agree. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, that is that for this episode. So mm-hmm. next week we will be visiting Olympus Coliseum. Hercules, Hercules. If not for another detour right beforehand, but we'll get into that at the top of next week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um. No Disney Corner, because surprise, we've already seen Hercules. <gasps> they just do the movie again, so there's not much else to discuss there. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, looking forward to it. It'll It's a pretty beefy world in terms of story, I feel. Actually, yeah, a good amount of world-specific stuff happens, and a good amount of overarching plot happens. Like, here, I guess, we learn of Zaldin's involvement, but we... Don't see him for more than, like, two minutes tops, really. Whereas yeah. in uh, in Olympus Coliseum, we'll get our, our A plot for dealing with the Disney world and then a significant B plot of, like, what's going on yeah. behind the scenes. So, exactly. a actually, yeah. yeah. So, in the meantime, you can rate and review on mm-hmm. iTunes. You can email us at key key khbh podcast at uh, gmail.com you can also find that in the description you can uh, tell a friend about us spread the word the more Kingdom Hearts fans listening the more fun we'll have and you can that's it <laughs> you can donate to us if you want no pressure whatsoever exactly we'll yeah. link to that also in the episode description um not really good at chilling. I'm like, yeah, toss us some money if you want. I don't really care. <laughs> hey, your contribution uh, will go to where a podcasters in, you know, like, if you want to. I would not be opposed to a few simoleons yeah. in my pocket, but we will we will survive nonetheless. But uh, any help is always appreciated. Yeah, toss us some some money. <laughs> Five thousand so, <yeah>, money. That... <laughs> So, yep, that wraps it for this episode. Thanks for joining us on the Parisian countryside. So, next week, Greece, baby! Woo! Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. To the gummy ship, and away! Pew, pew! (laughs) Pew, pew!